you could get back to the basics. When we get back to honoring the humanity of teachers, we there are people that are working hard day in and day out. And anything that we can do as administrators or leaders, school leaders, we should try it. No time, no tools, big expectations. How do you transform school culture without derailing the train? Answer, little wins that bring big changes. The flywheel effect, harnessing the power of momentum to create a school culture that celebrates change and drives itself. Hello and welcome. I am Jordan Pruitt and I'm here with my co-host, Anna Murphy. We are former educators working with the live school team to support your school's culture vision. Our show focuses on all the opportunities for little wins that can create big changes in school culture. The flywheel effect is all about sharing stories of admin, school support staff, and other educational change agents that have succeeded in their initial lifts and have created cultures that have so much momentum, they grow and improve exponentially. Today, we're joined by Charmaine Williams, who's a creative writer, veteran educator, and founder of the Controlled Chaos Academy, as well as a regular contributor to the Live School blog. So we've had a lot of interactions with Charmaine. She does a lot of great work and it has put out a lot of really good resources on the Live School page. So we want to bring her on. And Charmaine, I'll let you introduce yourself now. Well, hey, everybody. I am Charmaine. Um, first of all, teaching is my passion. I've been teaching since I was two years old. So I'm a pro at this by now. Okay. I've been teaching kids, my little brothers, um, and all that jazz. But um, the thing I love most about being an educator, aside from all the experiences that I've had, is that I get to make an impact on this generation that's here now. So in doing that, I've taught anywhere from kindergarten all up the way to um, seniors. My favorite is sophomores and juniors, but don't tell anybody. Um, I'm an English language arts teacher as well as an instructional coach. Um, I have over 12 years of experience um, in the classroom. Um, I've done anything from being a department chair to being a grade level chair. Um, you name it, I've done it. So I just, all things school, I love all things school. <laughs> and beyond that too, you've also written a book, you've had a podcast, you're like big on Instagram, growing very quickly on LinkedIn too. So you're quite the voice about education and a lot of other topics too. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'm very, I'm very, very passionate about education. I feel like um, I put here to be sort of like a champion to say the things that teachers really want to say, but we can't really say. Um, and I'm that person I'm like, well, I'm just going to say it because what are they going to do to me? I can, I, I mean, it's not like people are breaking down doors and trying to be teachers. So you might as well be as open and honest as you can be and hope that that brings change. So I'm, I love that you got a website and, and you're out there doing all these things because there's a lot of like districts where it's like it, it's discouraged and like like teachers just don't think they can do that. And I think like a lot of the situations situations we're in would be better if we had more educators who did that for a long time. Um, it it would have propped up the profession a little bit, I think, if if we were out there a little bit more. I agree. I feel like teachers have a voice, and for so long it's been silenced. It's been that's the thing. Teachers, you just go in your classroom, shut your door, and teach your content, and don't say anything. It's kind of been the attitude, but I feel like it's really important for us to speak up because um, if we don't speak up for ourselves, nobody is, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be loud and say whatever it is that needs to be said uh, for the betterment of all the educators, not just myself. And what inspired you to kind of take that step and start speaking up then? I think what inspired me is, you know, if you've been a teacher, you know about the meeting after the meeting. Um, so, you know, you have your staff meetings and then we have a little side meeting 
after the meeting to talk about exactly how we really feel because inside of the meeting you don't want to be that person that's standing up and making the meeting longer we're already ready to go home so you don't want to be that person but then you have so many things that you want to say and express yourself but you fear you know depending on the culture of your school you fear if you do speak up you may be reprimanded or you may be um what's the word, um, picked on to be picked out. There's so many different things that could happen if you do speak up. So that makes a lot of teachers not want to say anything. Um, I also come from a family where what you see is what you get. Um, my grandmother, very outspoken, father, very outspoken. So that's kind of like the culture of my family anyway. Um, so for me, um, growing up in a family where you speak your mind and you speak your truth and then being that person in the staff meetings or in the meetings after the meeting saying, no, this is crazy. We need to try it a different way or approaching the administration. That just became, you know, who I was at school. It, sometimes it's like, you know, if anybody's going to say something, Williams, she's going to say it. The, uh, that, that, the meeting after the meeting uh, that you're talking about, that is a, I don't know if it's, it may, I don't know if it crosses over into other industries or not, but it's an education phenomenon. It happens everywhere. Well, I was talking with, um, I was uh, Kelly Rodriguez and she's on a, on, on another episode of ours. And she was talking about one of the best ways she got like a pulse of her school was walking the hallways after school was over. Cause you, you, you could pop in the little huddles, you know, and like, that's kind of the same thing. It, it's, and it's wild. It happens everywhere. Everywhere. I, those are my favorite ones. <laughs> like those, those are the best meetings where you get to feel how people, um, really, really feel. And I think that's awesome that she actually walks around and try to listen to the huddles because a lot of um, administrators, they kind of shy away from it. But I think it's important for them, you know, to be a part of those meetings so they can hear what we really, really feel. Yeah, that's that's one thing that she talked about. She's like, I'm I'm probably not always going to like what I hear when I do that. But it's, it'll, any feedback is good feedback in, in a way. So. so then talking about, you know, speaking up, like what are as we go into this new school year, like what are some of those biggest challenges do you think that teachers are currently facing then that they probably do need help solving? Honestly, I feel like it's a little bit more of the same, but a little bit more intense. Um, teachers need support. And we're not just talking about donuts and coffee on a random day. We need real support. The support where, you know, we have a angry parent, you know, you we know that our administrators have our back. If we have a student that's just been out of control. We need you to show us different strategies that's going to work. One of the things that used to bother me so bad as an educator is it all it's almost like administrators forget what it's like to be in the classroom. You know, they're so kind of far removed from it. So they don't really get the nuances, the daily nuances. For me, the same way that you want us to model certain behavior and model certain lessons and model, you know, certain um, attitudes. We need you to do that for us. We might need you to pop in the classroom and teach the class for five minutes so we can just go to the bathroom. That's support. Or if you see a student, you know, being disruptive or being out of hand and you can see on our face that we are tired, we're frustrated, grab the student and take them out for a little bit and bring them. It's those little things that day in and day out um, that makes it better for everybody. I think um, instead of, you know, always pushing these new initiatives and saying, hey, we're going to try this. You could get back to the basics. So we get back to honoring the humanity of teachers. We, there are people that are working hard day in and day out. And anything that we can do as administrators or leaders, school leaders, we should try it. I feel like 
and I could go on and on and on and on and on. So you might want to stop me. Um, but I feel like it should be the same way that we treat customer service. The same way that we keep, we do customer service. Teachers should be treated as royalty because I said day in and day out, if you take care of your teachers, they're going to take care of those students. But if you put teachers last, don't prioritize them. Students are going to fall through the cracks. It happens every time. Well, absolutely. Because when I mean, you think about how, like, I mean, you're, you're presenting in front of, you know, 30 plus uh, kids, you know, inventory between three and seven, eight times a day. Like you're like, like your mental state and your feeling at that time, it's, it's going to come through. Like it, no matter how professional you are, it's just, it's going to, like it, it matters how you feel when you go in there. That's true. Very, very true. And that's like, I was thinking about what you were saying about stepping in with disruptive behavior. Cause that's something we talk about a lot at live school. It, I mean, we work with, you know, behavior and school culture and giving points to students for behavior and it's one of the things that differentiates live school is it's school wide, right? So admins are giving points, janitors are giving points, even like people have bus drivers involved in it too. So behavior then becomes the responsibility of the entire school community rather than it just resting on the teacher. And so there's obvious benefits that some of our customers have been able to track, but some of those qualitative benefits we hear from people as admins are like for the first time now their interactions with students are they're getting to reward them when they're doing something well not just getting it when it's come to the point that it's become unmanageable in the classroom too so their relationship they're no longer the bad guy quote unquote even with students so it it's it's interesting that you brought up behavior because i think starting there and making that community wide and shifting how you interact with students and and who owns it and who participates in it can actually drive a lot of that change you're talking about I completely agree. I know you've probably heard the saying, it takes a village, and it really does. It takes a village for us to um, um, cultivate and foster the growth inside of a child. And so, yeah, it may take the custodian having a word with Tommy or the librarian saying something to Christy or the um, media technology person saying something to Ashley. We need everybody um, involved in it. So, you know, the children can have one of the best learning ex experiences. And also, I think if teachers, um, sometimes we release some of that control. Um, I know me, sometimes I am a type A person and I like things to be da 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 da, -da but we all know that teaching doesn't go like that. It's kind of like, da -da 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 -da. you know, it's like everywhere. Um, so just being able to show our students that we are flexible, you know, things are going to change. Um, this is our classroom. It's not just mine. This is what are our ex expectations for each other. Making it a collaborative environment for the students and the teacher, we will see a decrease in the behavior. It has to be something that everybody um, is involved in. This is total buy-in for everybody, not just what the teacher wants, but what the students want. So, you know, really honing in on that student voice. I think that would be, make it tremendous um, difference in our schools. One of the things that... I found to be really helpful. And you mentioned that it takes a village and like every uh, adult that works in the building is, is a role model in, in different ways. And anytime there's a, there's a student that has like multiple behavior infractions, that's one of the first things we need to figure out. Do they have anybody they can go to in this building that they trust? Is there somebody that they, they, they can go talk to about something? Um, and it should be a yes for every one of them. And it doesn't really matter who it is. But it, it should be a yes. If it's not a yes, that then you, that that's a problem you got to solve. That, that that's part that's part of that's on the school. If it's not a yes, yes. 
Very true. Oh, so I was going to jump in because I just, I love what you're talking about with student voice. And it reminded me of, I mean, as we mentioned, you've helped us write a lot of our blogs about, you know, behavior management and PBIS with live school. And one of the things you, one of the articles you focused on was building a PBIS store, which is a process you owned. And I would love to dive into that a little bit. But the last step you included in there was student voice as well, like making sure students felt a a part of that product at the end of the day and what that experience was like going into the PBIS store as well. So I, I just think like student voice lives even beyond like a menu of things you might include for lesson plans that students can do or activities. It's like to those larger programs too that you're building. Yes, our our kids are smart. They're smart, they're innovative, they're creative, and we just have to give them opportunities to actually show that they can. Um, For me, on the first day of school, of course, you know, I have my whole shebang and we're talking about the syllabus, blah, 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 but I don't even write my expectations. We write them together as a class because it's a new year. What may have worked last school year did not work. And kids, they've been in school since preschool, kindergarten, they know what the rules are. They know what the expectations are, but just giving them that opportunity to be like, hey, this is our classroom. This is our period. What are what are our expectations? And not only does it give them voice, but it makes them accountable to keep their word. I can go back, you know, once August, I'm sorry, yeah, once August is over and we're like in the thick of the semester, this is October, November, I can say, hey, we had an agreement in August. This is what you signed up for. This is what you said you were going to keep your word and doing, you were going to respect yourself. You were going to respect me and respect your peers. And you were going to work in a collaborative environment where you're going to help your partner and not beat them down. So bringing it and they're like, Oh yeah, Miss Williams, I did say that. Cause they don't want to be seen as a person that's all cap. Y'all know what cap is. Have y'all heard of cap? <laughs> so they don't, they don't want to be that person that's just all cap. So it's like, I need you to keep your word. I need you to use your voice for something great because that's what you told me you were going to do. Yeah, I, I was a high school dean. I, I know, I know what cap means. <laughs> that one I know. Um, and on the on the student voice stuff, like if if the folks who are listening, like if you're doing, like if say you're on a PBS committee, I tell you who was really bad at planning PBS rewards, and I write about them a lot. I was bad at planning them. The best stuff came from like kids figuring stuff out. Like I'd ask kids in my class to help me out. Yeah, they know what they want. I mean, it could be anything from a phone charger. I mean, it was some random things up there. I got to say that when I first um, brought that initiative to one of the schools, there were some random things. There were things about hair. There were combs. There were different types of candy and snacks. But those are the things they want. We might as well give it to them. There's no point of us saying, you can't play with this. You don't need that. That's something you know that an adult will be like, I don't think they really want that. But do you know what a kid would do for a Starburst packet? Do you know? It's endless. Like math, it's a totally different child when you reward them with something that they actually want. Um, of course, you could say, oh, um, you won't have homework. A lot of them don't do their homework anyway. So what is the real motivation in that? But if we give them something that they really, really want, whether it's Takis or, you know, you can go spend 10 more extra minutes with your favorite teacher Whatever that looks like, if we give that to them, then we'll see more um, positive behavior in our buildings. I, I'll give an example of one. And I, was, I wasn't on the PBS team. I was, this is when I was a student teacher. And I heard about this reward and I was like, oh, I'm not interested in that. that, that kids aren't going to like that at all. But they had planned it and it was, it was a fashion show. And 
the, the the difference in the classes I was student teaching in because they could go to this fashion show was unbelievable. It's amazing what they want and what they what makes them excited. Well, we have to ask them. You know, we can't get upset when it doesn't when it, it doesn't seem like they're very excited about it or there's no student buy in. Students can't buy into anything that they aren't a part of. That's just how this generation works. They want to use their voices for for good and they want to be involved in it. And we have to give them opportunities to do that. So what is what's one thing you wish admin knew? And you got time? <laughs> oh, yeah, we got time. Yes, ma'am. One thing I wish admin knew, show us that you did not forget what it's like to be us. Show us that you remember. Don't just tell us, show us. If you see I'm struggling with my lesson plans, sit down and write down a lesson plan with me. Show me what it, what you think it should look like. Show me the exemplar. If you think I can do something better in my classroom when it comes to instructional delivery, come show me. Don't just tell me. Um, and another thing we wish admin knew, when you talk about other teachers and you bring this kind of toxic positivity in the building, it makes us not trust you. And that's the last thing you want for for you not to trust, for your for your team not to trust you. Because then, you know, we're leery of what you say. Can we really trust? They have our best interest in heart. You know, they're going to be super, super supportive or is this going to be a gotcha situation. Um, so I wish administrators remember what it was like to be a teacher and then try not to break our trust. And when you say like toxic positivity, can you give a because someone else brought that up on a, a, a she was actually a teacher as well. And so it's something she mentioned, too. So can you give kind of an example of what you mean by that? What I mean by that is, for example, um, I had an administrator in the past who would say, hey, we're all a family. We're all together. We're in this together. But then she was never in the building. So how are we all in this together? Or they would say things like, you know, we don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I need you to get this in by five o'clock today. And they just giving it to us that day. So it's not really it's not positive. It's stressful. Um, you're a lot of people are on pins and needles. They're a little frustrated and fearful because it's like, I got to get this in or I'm going to get in trouble. Um, you know, it's not going to look good if I don't. Um, but then I have to smile about it. I can't be as honest about how I really, really feel because then, you know, we're not being positive. Um, but I think one of the things that is missing um, in our schools is just being honest being courageous and being saying, hey, this sucks. I don't like this. Um, while I know this is something you may be getting from the district, give me a little bit more time to wrap my mind around that I have to do this. You know, just put yourselves in my shoes, what that looks like. Um, I think that would be really, really important. And like part of this, this show is, is little wins. And one of the little wins I think you can take from that is the way a easy way to build trust is to be accessible and visible. And one, one thing that every administrator in the country could do would be to set up shop in the hallway. And that way, if something's happening, you're, you're in it, you're involved in it. It's not, they don't have to take something to you through three doors and in the, in the main office, you know? Um, and just like taking down that barrier, just that little bit can help you build some trust with, with teachers and you're going to help with behavior because you're there. So. I agree. And even those um, 
I remember one of my favorite um, administrators, Miss Battle. She was kind of old school, um, but nonetheless, she was fair. She treated everybody the same. And she made it her business to see everybody every single day. I don't know how she did it, but every single classroom teacher, we got to see our administrator every day, every morning, where it was, whether she was coming by in the mornings when we were standing in the hallway to greet students, or she saw us in the cafeteria, or she might have came in the afternoon, but she made it her business to say, hey, I'm here. I got your back. What do you need? Um, and that just made, it makes you feel so um, secure and so um, valued. I'm like, oh, she coming to see me? And I know she got all these things to do, but she took time out of her day to make sure I was okay. So it, you're right. When when um, administrators are in the hallways, when they're coming by to check on us, whether it's two, three minutes, and we know you guys have tons of meetings. You know, we know you're putting out fires. We know, you know, you have a ton of things to do. And sometimes we can only see things through a teacher lens and not really an administrative lens. But just to show us that you do value us and you like um, what we're doing. You're proud of us. You think what we're doing is dope. You think it's pretty amazing. Tell us that. We need all the encouragement that we can get. Leave us a little note on our desk and say, hey, you killed that lesson on um, connotation. So amazing. Why don't you go show this to this teacher? Just giving those opportunities for leadership and showing um, collaboration and just being encouragement, it goes a long way with teachers. Yeah, I just, I think being there as a leader is so important. And so speaking of leadership, something else we talk a lot about on this show is making impacts beyond just your role. So as a teacher, like making an impact beyond a classroom, and that's actually a lot of people that listen to this are people that are looking to grow their careers within education too. And so when you've taken on like your took on the role of instructional coach, you built a PBIS store for your school, like how did you find yourself in those positions to grow and take on those bigger programs or processes? I think it was noticing that it was a problem. Wherever there's a problem, there's a solution. And the thing, my dad used to say this all the time, the thing that keeps you up at night, the thing that aggravates you the most, the thing that really gets under your skin, that's the thing you need to go after to try to make it better. Instead of sitting back and complaining about it, oh, this isn't working, this doesn't, this is crazy, I hate the way that, Stop the complaining. Come up with a solution. If that solution doesn't work, come up with another one. So I that's really where it came from. You know, my parents, they're like, okay, you hear what you're saying. What are you going to do about it? Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to try this, and I'm going to ask my um, administrator, can I implement this program? You know, just seeing where there's a problem and then finding a solution for it. That's really how I started getting into the, those type of processes. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of opportunities to do that. If, if you're willing to put yourself out there a little bit, like, um, we talked to Greg Goins and he talked about, he was, um, the, um, um, the, the pro, what did he say? Prototype guy. what do he say? Yeah. Something like the prototype guy. Yeah. Like he, he was always inventing things all the time. And like, like that, that, that gave him opportunities, which is a big deal. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about before you go, cause you mentioned the different roles you've been in. And one of those roles, I think, is one of the hardest jobs in education, uh, instructional coach, because I think teachers are a hard, a hard bunch to coach. I've, I've, I've worked with some, with some instructional coaches and like that, that's a tricky job because it's, you don't get trained for it really well. Can, can you talk about how that went? Uh, absolutely. You think it's hard getting a student buy-in. It's even harder to get teacher buy-in because yeah. um, one, we're like, 
it's already hard. Why are you trying to make us? Why do I need somebody to coach me? They're not in my classroom. How are they going to make me better? Um, for me, I just I'm very honest and forthcoming from the onset. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear anything I have to say. And you're probably upset that your administrator has signed you up for this. But I promise if you stick with me, it's going to make your life better. I'm only going to teach you things um, that has made me better. And I want us both to grow together. It's not just, you know, me teaching you things. I could learn things from you too, getting your perspective and how um, you feel about certain things. So being an instructional coach is rewarding, though. It's super rewarding when you go and you observe a teacher and you see um, ways that they can improve. And, of course, the main, the things that they're doing absolutely great on, you know, giving them that glow, like you're amazing at this type of delivery, but you could work on this. And in doing that, you know, you give them strategies, things that can make them better and you watch them the next time and you see where they've implemented the strategy that you taught them and then, they're excited. They, they, all it takes is one thing. All it takes is one time for them to buy into, oh, she knows what she's talking about. I'm going to listen a little bit more. Um, so just being able to show that person that you're not there for it to be punitive. You, you know, it's not something where they're going to um, be evaluated on, but it's something that will help them with their performance overall and to let them know that I'm on their team. That is um... That, that, that's that's the way to go and I think that's a big growth area for a lot of a lot of places because that's that's an easy rock to lift and a lot of folks have tried it because a lot of folks are you know putting instructional coaches in but I don't think like they all approach it that way or at least they're not taught to you know um and, and a lot of times that's on the teacher end too they're not they're not taught to expect to be coached and um and there's just there's a lot of really talented folks we do we don't do a great job of learning from each other sometimes and I think that's a growth growth area I certainly agree. And I think it like the message you shared goes for almost any change that happens within education, right? Like I think through like I just I talk to a lot of our customers and it's not coming in and saying, hey, the way you've been handling behavior is wrong. We're we're changing it. It's like, hey, like I want to learn from you what's working, what's not. Like let's collaborate on solutions. Let's like this, like we've used this elsewhere or, you know, like there's data to show that this is effective. It's just like building that trust and buy-in with the person at the outset of that experience, right? It completely shifts the impact in the end, right? Absolutely. Um, if we can just work together, I love um, being in environments where it's like a trans, I call it a transformative learning experience. You know, it's going to change both of us, not just me, not just you, um, but in turn, it's going to change both of us. And it's only going to change the community in our classroom, the culture in our classroom. Um, but we have to work together. You know, there are some things that teachers do that work and there are things that we don't do so well. And sometimes it takes another set of eyes to see that um, and then give us something, a solution on what can be better or a strategy that can make it even better. And then you just build upon what you already know. It's like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. So you might as well put your ideas together um, and build something beautiful together and then watch everything flourish. Charmaine, we don't want to take up too much of your time today. I do want to give you a chance to, to plug all your socials and your website and stuff. Where, where, can they, where can folks find you if they want to hear more? Folks can find me at www.alwayscharmaine.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Charmaine Williams. Um, everything else is alwayscharmaine.com. That's where I'm at. Come say hi to me, please. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It was so good getting to connect with you. And we've spoken a lot. So it's 
I feel like I'm a friend of yours or you're a friend of mine, just, you know, over over Zoom calls, but still lovely to, to get to reconnect again. Absolutely. You know, I'm a number one fan of Anna, so I, it was such a joy to be here. The flywheel effect, harnessing the power of momentum to create a school culture that celebrates change and drives itself.